Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky, co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey, Bill's Mafia. We know there's only one topic every day. All bills, all the time. And now Matt Bove and Sal Capaccio are going really deep, talking bills all year long, because it's always game day in Buffalo. Well, another tough one for the Buffalo Bills. They fall 24-18 to 18 to the Cincinnati Bengals on Sunday night football. They are now 5-4 and four on the season. Here's the turnaround podcast and show, and it's always game day in Buffalo. Matt Bove. Joining me in his car as he's driving back from Cincinnati, Ohio. So, Matt, be very careful while you talk to me here and we give uh, the fans our analysis of this game. It was a, a late night. I'm glad you were able to not have to drive through the night. But in the meantime, um, we got a lot to discuss on this podcast. We'll do it short and quick and give our reaction to this thing, Matt. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm sorry if I cut out for a second. I guess I'm somewhere on the throughway in Ohio. I don't even know really what it's called. I think they call it the turnpike. Is that what they call it? I don't know. But regardless, I'm driving back now, and it was a sloppy game, and there were way too many mistakes, and the better team won. And yesterday, the better team was the Bengals, and Cincinnati looked like they were guns a-blazing out of the gate, and then so did the Bills. And then after that, it took the Bengals a little bit longer to cool off. I mean, they had 21 points in the first half. The Bills got nothing going after that first drive offensively. And I think the thing that's probably so frustrating if you're a Bills fan today, tomorrow, whenever it is you look back at this game, it was a winnable game. They scored 24 points. If you knew the Bengals were going to score 24 points, I think you'd feel pretty confident that the Bills would be able to go in there and get it done. And after the first drive, you would say, how the heck are they not going to score 24 points? They might score 40 points, but just honestly – the offense has stunk for the last month and a half. Not month and a half, five games. For the last five games, they've had one good game mixed in. That was 24 points against the Bucks. So hardly world beaters, especially when you look at what Houston did to them yesterday. And then all of the other games have been just very lackluster. This offense is having an identity crisis. They are not producing. 
And it really makes me wonder what is going to happen or if there's going to be changes made. All right. There's a lot there. Let's start with the Mac, the micro, and then we'll get into the macro of the things that you talked about. He's Matt Bove. I'm Sal Capaccio. Welcome into It's Always Game Day in Buffalo. Mike Robbie doing a great job producing on this early Monday morning, trying to bring this to you in our analysis and reaction. Last night, the Bills lose to the Cincinnati Bengals 24-18. They dropped to 5-4 and four in the season. You said it. They both started off on fire. Like This was not the typical slow start we've seen from the Bills offense. They went right down the field. They scored. It was like an 85-yard drive, I think, on the opening drive. After that, Matt, though, they couldn't do anything offensively. And until the like late in the half when they had – we could talk about the officiating a chance maybe for a field goal. They didn't get that. But they didn't do much there. The defense, though, however, had a very slow start. The defense allowed two drives right away. I did the math. 20 plays, 130 yards, and two touchdowns. They were playing catch-up all day after that. They did a nice job of adjusting, even with some injuries. But the offense had a really nice start to the game. What happened to the offense after that start, from your perspective? I think they put themselves into some unfavorable positions, which didn't allow them to go, I guess, as high tempo as they wanted. Now, I think that's also a little bit of nonsense. I think you could probably manufacture it and do it anywhere. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, obviously, the first drive, they moved, the field, moved down the field really well, and they scored the touchdown. And then the next one, they stall out after a couple plays. I, it just didn't feel like, I don't know, that even after the second one where they did not score or move the ball, I did not feel like, okay, this offense is not going to have it today. I thought it was just like, okay, some nice plays by the defense, whatever. You made a mistake. You'll figure it out. And then, obviously, you have the interception after that, and then you have all of the other down. I, I don't know. They were trying to run the ball a little bit, and it very clearly was not working. And I think that put them in second and long, third and long a couple times more than they should have. I mean, after that, though, there's not really anything blatant. I mean, you look at a couple different plays. There's the one deep to Gabe Davis in the end zone where his face gets pulled. And, yeah, it's probably a penalty, but also, like, you don't have a better play than that. Why is that your play? So it, it just looked like, honestly – I feel like the offense, and they won't say this, but I feel like they're having a hard time finding people they trust, and that is why Diggs is so used, and that is also why Kincaid has been so used the last couple weeks because I think they know that he can make the plays. After that, Gabe Davis is such a shot in the dark. Some weeks he looks great. Some weeks he's non-existent. He didn't have a catch yesterday. But, uh, yeah, I I think they're having trouble finding production from different places. I think it's just literally one or two guys. Right. So the first drive of the game, seven plays, 85 yards. The next three drives, eight plays, zero yards, one yard, zero yards, negative one yard. And then even at the end of the half, five plays, 37 yards. So 85 yards in the first drive, 37, the entire rest of the half. That is unacceptable. You can't have that. Part of it was exactly what you said, which is, you know, mistakes here, mistakes there, but, They could not run the ball, Matt. They had eight rushes from their running backs. Now, part of that is game script. The, you know, they're playing catch up a little bit. You're down pretty much two scores most of the game. So, you know, you're going to have, but you still, it's still a game. It's not like that you're completely out of it, but they couldn't run the ball at all. That allowed the um, Cincinnati Bengals, the Bengals basically made the Bills one dimensional. The Bengals then tee off a little bit on the pass rush. I didn't think the pass protection was all that great. But even when, this goes to your point, even when Josh Allen had time, there were guys not open. Whatever was happening, even Sean McDermott alluded to it in the press conference afterwards. You asked him a question about Diggs and Dalton Kincaid, what you just talked about. And his answer to you, Matt, was, simple, was, was 
kind of telling. He he mentioned yeah. maybe guys just aren't getting open down the field. Yeah, I think so too. And I think that if you look at the film and you look at kind of like each play, I think there's a lot to be taken from that. But I also think sometimes that does not tell you the entire story when you'll be able to find a screen grab and say like, look who is open on this play. There's so much more that goes into it than just a random guy open. Now, that's a little different with checkdowns, right? Like on the Josh Allen interception, it looked like he could have just checked it to James Cook, who would have probably picked up a first down instead of trying to force a ball down the field. With Josh Allen, you're going to always have to live and die by the mistakes. But it felt like from just watching the game, I have not rewatched the game or any of that stuff yet. This is still very fresh. But it felt from like watching the game in the press box, when they were stalling out, they did not have options. They were leaning the feet, you know, they were like just kind of weighing towards Diggs, making sure that he was taken care of. And then after that, it was let's find Kincaid. And if he's not available, then crap, I don't exactly know where else I'm going to go because it felt like everywhere else was a little bit forced. So I think there is some of that. I think some of those guys just were not open. And then you just need to, and I think that's also part of the reason why they're so flat. And then when they go up tempo and when they need to score, they are able to, because then Josh is running, he's making plays and teams play you differently when you start to do that. And that's always why I've said, like, I don't think this offense has reached its ceiling or even close to it because I think that happens when Josh is doing that. But they are very clearly trying to limit that to lengthen his career, which is an entirely different conversation. But, yeah, I, I think guys are getting – Having a little your, – your connection came in and out a little bit there, so I'll just move over to the defense and talk about that. But let's do that. We'll um, switch to the other side of the ball because there were problems there as well early on and then – as the game went on, of course, some injury concerns on the defensive side coming out of this one, too. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Sal Capaccio, Matt Bove. It's always game day in Buffalo. Matt, do I still have you? All right. We do not have Matt, so that's okay. I'm just going to keep talking here about the defense because Matt is driving. We hope he's okay, obviously, but we want to make sure that uh, – you know, he gets a chance to reconnect here in a moment. So 
the defense, they did not have a very good start to this game. First two drives for the Cincinnati Bengals, as I alluded to earlier, they had 20 plays, 130 yards, two touchdowns. Um, not the start you want. And I think it was 130, that looks like 130 yards, and two touchdowns. And it put the Bills in a tough spot. I will say after that, punt, punt, and then the touchdown on a broken down play. It's just unfortunate. A check down, uh, leaking out of the backfield. Uh, the normal, what, fullback tight end basically leaks out of the backfield and sample, drew sample. And Joe Burrow finds him. He runs for a touchdown. But the story of this game on the defensive side might be how they're trying to basically put everything together with duct tape and you know, tape, <laughs> tape, duct tape, whatever you want to call it, Matt, as he rejoins us here. I'm just going through the defense here and the first two drives, not what you want to see. But after that, they did a decent job of kind of patching it together and figuring it out, even with some of the injuries. Terrell Bernard leaves. They have um, corners getting hurt. Russell Douglas has to come in, and he winds up. He was playing in a rotation for Dane Jackson. Then he came in and played for Christian Benford, who was hurt later. So the defense figured it out a little bit, but still gave up a little bit too much in the passing game. I thought overall too much easy pitch and catch. It reminded me in too many ways of the playoff game where they just had too many easy looks and catches down the field to keep drives moving. Yeah, I mean, they dug themselves into a hole, and then they were not able to obviously escape it because even though they only gave up three points in the second half, they started so slow offensively. I saw a stat that 21 points in the first half is the most that this team has given up in several years, I believe it was. So that was a little bit uncharacteristic for them. You're going against a really good opponent who's going to make plays. I think what made this game so tough for the Bills' defense is the Bengals, the exact opposite of what we just talked about for the Bills, they started utilizing everybody because the Bills were so heavily focused on Jamar Chase. They're like, we're not going to let Jamar Chase beat us. So T. Higgins had a huge game. They're tight ends who maybe some people had not even heard of before all had a big game. And then obviously you still had your other complimentary pieces like Joe Mixon, like Tyler Boyd. So I thought the defense played a good game. I think they played a great second half. And I certainly do not think that they are the reason why the Bills lost this game. Like I said a little bit ago, 24 points against the Bengals should be enough to get you a win. The defense was good enough. It wasn't great, but it was good enough. The offense is what let them down this week. Yeah, the de defensively, you the Bengals were very successful on third down. That hurt them a lot. Uh, they were 8 of 15. But the Bills were too. Bills were 7 of 12, even higher percentage. Both teams very, very good on third down. The Bills, one thing the defense did very well was stop the run game. They, they kind of made the Bengals one-dimensional too, which I thought late in the game, I was some curious play calling by Zach Taylor, but I think they just figured they couldn't run the ball, Matt. Um, they had a total of only 54 yards rushing, only 2.5 yards per run, the Cincinnati Bengals. So late in the game, it was playing into the Bills' hands where when the Bills had to get the ball back, the Bengals were still throwing it, but then that huge play to Tyler Boyd. How about the aggressive play call by Zach Taylor on that final drive on first down to hit Tyler Boyd? The Bills have a chance maybe to get the ball back, but they do. They get one play and get almost out to um, you know field goal range, and then really at the very end of the game, Von Miller loses contain, and that was all she wrote. And he he talked about it after the game and said he's got to be better in that situation. So it just seemed like it was a little too much to overcome. Look, I I don't think Tyrell Dotson was very good to start the game. He missed a run fit. They were attacking him totally in coverage. But when he went to middle linebacker, he got, he settled in. When he went to middle linebacker and Dorian Williams came in at will, I give those guys credit. I think they did a pretty decent job the rest of the game. Yeah, for sure. And that's the thing that's so confusing because 
when Terrell Bernard got and there's no court like Terrell Bernard's a good player and he has proven that he's a good yeah. player this year. But when Terrell Bernard left and when Christian Benford got hurt, the defense got really, really steady and consistent. And then they only gave mm-hmm. up three points in the entire second half. So I'm sure it's more of a schematic change than it is just missing those guys and replacing those guys, because I think they're at their best when they are both on the field, but it's weird how it all worked itself out. Obviously they were able to really contain Joe Mixon, which is good because it made them a little bit more one dimensional. It's it's just, you had no answers for the wide receivers that Dane Jackson played a really good game, but on that last play, on that last play, the Tyler, not the last play, but the big play to Tyler Boyd that puts him in field goal range and essentially ices the game. Like he's one-on-one with Taron and he just beats yep. him. He, he just beats him. So it's a tough one, but that's just the way it is. They're playmakers. They have more of them and they were able to finally make the big play that the bills were not able to. Early in the game, Sam Martin, a couple of poor punts, you know, um, just line drives. Special teams haven't been great this year. They were very good a week ago, but another area where, look, if you're going to you're gonna have some issues on offense or on defense, your special teams have to step up and be better. They haven't really helped this team as much as you might want for this year. On the defensive side, though, the injuries. So leaving the game, you have Terrell Bernard, who was ruled out with a head injury. So I'm sure we'll hear from Sean McDermott later. He's in concussion protocol. Not official yet, but that's usually how that would go. You just mentioned it. Christian Benford goes out of the game. We don't see him. We don't get an official injury update. We find out after the game from Sean McDermott. He had a hamstring. Remember, he was placed on the he was put on the injury report late in the week with a hamstring, but he was good uh-huh. to go. So, but obviously that happened. And then Micah Hyde has a stinger, which I gotta be honest, Matt, that's very concerning considering the neck injury he had last year. You hope Micah Hyde's okay. Yeah, for sure. I mean, they just the injuries, when you add all of those on top of Matt Milano, Daquan Jones, Tredavious White, they're obviously already very banged up. I think that I've always thought this team needs to lean into the offense if they're going to accomplish anything. But right now, the offense is not doing anything. They're not producing nearly as well as they should be. So the defense has had to kind of bail them out a couple games here and probably did enough to bail them out of yesterday's game, but the offense wasn't good enough. But at after a certain point, you can only do so much. And if you're going to now go into a game, and it's way too early to know, but if you go into the next game that you play with six backups on the field, I, I don't care who the offense is. And it's not like the Broncos right. stink offensively. Like, you've got a tall task, and – that's the thing that's so concerning. It's just they, they can't stop the bleeding. The injuries just keep piling up, and they're all on the same side of the ball. All right. Well, it's a good segue into what I want to wrap up with here, which is the big picture about both the team and where they stand and specifically the offense going forward. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, it's Sal Capaccio from It's Always Game Day in Buffalo. It's not just a podcast, it's the 25th hour of your day. Your weekly source for all things Buffalo Bills. Right on time, your time. 
In the car, navigate the streets with NFL wisdom in your ear. We accompany every errand you need to run. Washing the windows or vacuuming the carpets? Don't just clean, conquer. Podcasts make you more productive because we fit perfectly into your schedule. Follow It's Always Game Day in Buffalo in the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey everyone, this is Brett Boone. Would you know it? I've got a podcast going strong in our fourth year. Tune in as I sit down with my friends, some of the biggest names in sports, media, entertainment, for a lot of fun and in-depth conversations. As you know, baseball's been my life. It's been in the family for a long time, but it's a lot more than that here. It's sort of like taking a ride in a golf cart around a beautiful track. Join me every week for multiple episodes on the Brett Boone Podcast, available on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Sal Capaccio, Matt Bove, it's always game day in Buffalo. Bills drop a 24-18 game to the Cincinnati Bengals. They're 5-4 and four now in the season. Okay. You opened up with something you said about maybe changes or what you, however you phrased it, looking at the offense. So are we to that point, Matt? A, should the Bills consider some sort of change at offensive coordinator slash play caller, however you want to call it, do it? Do you think the Bills would consider something like that, given the MO of this organization? Are we at the point to have the conversation? Absolutely. I don't know if that means it has to happen this week, but I think it's absolutely to a point of having a conversation because they have not been good for a while. Since the Miami game, when they were exceptional, they have not been good. What have we said about every game besides the Bucks game since then? You go to Jackson or you go to London to play the Jags. Offense was way too slow out of the gate. It was unacceptable. Oh, they should have flown out a couple of days earlier. It wouldn't have mattered. The offense just wasn't good. Then they come back and they score 14 points on the Giants, who are also just they sneak out a win. So you're like, okay, whatever. Then you go to New England and you score whatever, 25 points with all of it coming at the end of the game. Because once again, offensively, you're just not good. And then next week, last week, you beat the Bucs and they started strong and then kind of fell asleep in the second half. But you're like, well, you know what? They got out in front. They played smart. That was okay. And then yesterday was just bad again. So it, it's five weeks. It's not a week or two. It's now more than half of the season that you have played so far. You have had major concerns about the offense. So I think the conversation absolutely needs to happen. I do not think the Bills will do it, though. I do not think the Bills are going to fire him and Dorsey. I think they are going to try. I think they think. It is an execution problem and not a play design problem. But my counter to that is if you're not executing, you need to put your team in a position where you are able to execute and they are clearly not doing that. But what if it's, but what if it's a personnel problem and like Sean McDermott, again, I'm going to go back to your, your question, his answer. Yeah. So he says guys are, maybe guys aren't getting open. Let's just say guys just aren't getting open. So I don't know if any offensive coordinator play caller is going to fix that, Matt. I mean, what, what are you supposed to do in that situation? You Then you need better players to do it. Well, yes, but you could also say, I need a guy who's able to scheme up things to get them open. But I, I know. The I, I just don't, I, I don't, I, you, yeah, you can't, you can't just the, say, it, pull it out of thin air. Well, just scheme them open. If they can't get open, they can't get open. I mean, there's players on the other side that are preventing from that who get paid too. You're right. But I, the players need to have some, account, and I'm not saying that they're not. The players need to have some accountability here. But, Look at even the touchdowns that the Bengals scored last night. So you had the touchdown from the two tight ends. Irv Smith was the first one. I forgot who scored the second one. But True like, sample. Those, those guys, Irv Smith, 
on, you know, a route to the corner of the end zone is wide open. Like, yep. that's their fifth or sixth weapon. And then Sample is obviously sitting there in coverage. The, the pass rush doesn't get to them. They dump it off, and he takes it 25 yards. But it doesn't feel like that happens to the Bills ever. Like, I sit there and I watch it, and it feels like every single time they move the ball, Josh has to make a great play. And I just feel like, once again, so mm-hmm. much is put on him to try and make the people around them better. And I understand he's your best player. Like, you need to have him be your best player most days. It it just doesn't feel like there's anything just easy for the taking out there. It always feels like it's a little bit more difficult than it needs to be. Agreed. I I, I think I look at it like this. I don't think you're wrong. I'm just trying to look at the – I think there's three parts of this. There could be, like, like the play calling, the actual play call and scheming guys. There's the execution of that. And then there's the, it doesn't matter what I call because I don't have good enough players who are going to be in position. I mean, so I look at it as you could take whoever you think is the greatest offensive coordinator in the league, the greatest play call in the league. You put him in here, maybe he also can't put these guys in position if they can't do it. I mean, can Gabe Davis separate from someone, right? Can Khalil Shakir separate from someone? I don't know. Do you have a tight, you have a tight end um, beyond beyond Dalton Kincaid where is Quentin Morris going to do that? So I'm not disagreeing at all that the offense has to have. We have to look at something here and say, what is the, what is the end game here? Is it Ken Dorsey? And maybe you just need a fresh new look of eyes. That's fine too. I just uh-huh. I wonder if the roster's flawed. I guess maybe that's the way I want to say it. Is the is the roster flawed too? It doesn't matter who's calling the plays because you just don't have it. Offensively, yes, absolutely. Well, offensively, the roster is flawed. well. Then what does and then what does the play caller or offensive coordinator? What do you do then? Because well, if fans want to call up a- and. Hey, you got to make there's a change. Gonna, I don't know what matters then. There's going to be a fall guy. Somebody's going sure. to get, and it's not, and it's not going to be Josh, and it's not going to be Sean. So just process of elimination. I, okay, I know. Like, I'm asking, but is that? But that's a fall guy, Matt. But you're what you're saying there. A fall guy is well. Someone's got to take the fall. I'm saying, does it matter though? Does it really matter? Would it matter? Does it actually make a tangible difference though? You could say it's for aesthetics and and for optics, and that's cool. And I get why things like that happen. But would it matter? Uh-huh. Well, I guess the other counter is this. Ken Dorsey might not be the only person to blame. He might not even be the most important person to blame. But a very simple question. Do you think Ken Dorsey has been good at his job as the Bills offensive coordinator? Because I don't. I think he's been fine. And I think that there's Mm -hmm. growing pains. And I think that that's to be expected when you're following somebody who is an exceptional offensive coordinator. But if you ask me right now, I think if you asked a lot of people right now, is Ken Dorsey doing a good job? I wouldn't go there. I wouldn't say he's doing a good job. We've had these conversations about the offense for more of this year than we have yep. for the good games. And then at times last year as well in the middle of the season. But they were able to pull out those games, and right now they're not able to. So I, I think that, yeah, it's probably not fair, but the margins in the NFL are so small and the stakes are so high. I mean, this team has a top five player in the NFL, a quarterback, and they're still struggling offensively. Some of that's on Josh, but I don't think much of it is. I, I really don't right. even think he's playing bad. I really don't think he's playing bad. No. So no, no. I mean, they might, be, is, they might be. If it wasn't for him, they might be. It'd be a lot worse, probably. That's right. Yeah. If if, if your quarterback wasn't a freak, like I don't know, you're probably well, have three wins or something like that. So yeah, I don't think it's fair to put it all on Ken Dorsey, but I also don't think it's. Like he's done enough to keep it either. Yeah. Well, I want to make one more point on this before we move on to where they stand right now. 
And that is, first of all, I, I don't disagree with what you're saying. I think I'm just trying to find the answer here and say, I don't know Matt. They do have guys on staff who've called plays, who've coordinated offenses before. If you're going to make that change, you have a lot of tentacles involved here. It's not just call, playing calls. It's I mean, calling plays. It's Monday through Saturday, the operation, the entire thing, coordinating offense. And I do want to point out a big reason Ken Dorsey's in his position. He has the endorsement of number 17. I mean, the Bills made it clear when they promoted him, Josh Allen wanted Ken Dorsey as his offensive coordinator. And I'm not telling you Josh Allen is making the hiring and firing. That's not the case in the organization, and it nor should be. But I think you have to consider all of the things that go into something like that. And, you know, if, sure, if they're going to make the move, they want to make the move. They feel they have to make the move. But that is something you have to think about going forward. Speaking of going forward, though, the other part of this is, okay, things look bleak, and they are. They're out, outside looking in right now in the, in the playoff picture. They're 5-4. and four. They're even behind the Jets, who play tonight as we talk. They're also only a half game out of division lead, which is incredible. I mean, yeah. with not with eight games still to play, eight games still to play, they're only a half game out of the division lead. And to me now, Mac, this season just becomes about that. Win the division. You can still win this division. You can still beat the Miami Dolphins and the Jets and win the division. And then you're still a top four seed in the playoffs. And maybe by then you start to figure some things out. So I just want to turn around and look at the other side of it and say, sure, it looks bad. You're on the outside looking in. You're a half game out of a division lead with not with eight games left. Yeah, it, it's the easiest and clearest path to the playoffs is to win the division and you still get to play Miami again. But I yeah. also don't see Miami. I was looking at the morning. I don't see a lot of games for them that are really tough. Their last three games, I believe they play Baltimore. They obviously play the Bills to close out the season. And I think they have one other tough game right in there. But after this week against Kansas City, They've kind of got a cakewalk for it feels like five weeks where the Bills. I think they play the Jets on Black Friday. I really don't think that defense because they do. They they do. They play the Jets on Black Friday, but I just think that I am anticipating the Dolphins lose, let's say, two more games. So then they have five losses. The Bills already have four. Maybe they lose three more games because the Bills beat them. But even if that's the case, I don't know if I can say the Bills are absolutely going to win five of their last eight games. I no. think now you, you you have no margin for error because you have to right. now beat Denver. You have to beat the Jets. You have to beat the Patriots. You have to beat the Dolphins, obviously, the last week of the season. And then you have to mix in at least one more win, probably the Chargers. But the Chargers, I do not think, are a cakewalk. And then, obviously, you've got to play the Chiefs. You've got to play the Cowboys, you know, there's two ways of looking at it. Like the schedule is hard, but also I don't know if any of the teams that they are about to face are better than the Bengals who they absolutely could have beaten yesterday. So that's kind of where I'm like trying to find a balance. Oh, I forgot the Cowboys too. That, that could be a really tough game. At least it's at home for you. So I think the Bengals might be the best team that they play all season. Maybe the Eagles, one of those two teams, but you were in it until the end against the Bengals and you played a really sloppy game. You had two turnovers. I think a little of this too is like, you need to start getting turnovers for as good as the defense yeah. has been. They haven't had They're an interception since the throw. Dolphins game. They haven't had an no. interception since the Dolphins game. And then I think besides that, since London, I think they have one turnover and it was the Jordan Poyer punch in New England that kind yep. of brought them back into the game. That is the only turnover that they have forced. So every single week, 
it feels like you're playing the game with one hand tied behind your back because you're losing the turnover battle. So, yeah, it's it's bleak. I think right now, mathematically, if you look at the analytic websites, they are more likely to miss the playoffs than they are yep. to make the playoffs. I think I'll give it a 50-50 shot. I'll give them a little bit more benefit of the doubt because they have Josh Allen. But I, I'm not confident that they're going to go and make the playoffs. I'm not confident that they're going to win the division. At this point, my mindset has shifted to, well, just get in and get hot, right? Like, yeah. do what happened in 2021. That's what it's got to be about. Yeah, 2021's a great six. example. Seven and six after 13 se- weeks. Yes. Seven, that team was seven and six, and then they got hot at the end. Now, at the end of that season, they played like the Panthers who stunk, the Jets who stunk, another team who stunk. So it was very much like getting through the gauntlet of the schedule, which was the middle, and you should be able to win kind of your end of your last games. And they did. They won every game after the Bucks game until the 13 seconds game. So I think that would be the glass half full approach here of like, well, get hot, get into a playoff spot, and then just hope you get hot. That's the one thing about the Bills is if they get into the playoffs, even if they're like the seven seed, I think they absolutely have a chance in any game that they play. You know, even if you're the seven seed and you got to go on the road to Kansas City or something, like you get a chance. You don't got a great chance, but you at least got a chance. So it's uh, it's bleak, but it's not completely over. All right, you be safe on your way back to Buffalo. We'll talk again later this week. Thanks to Mike Robbie for producing. Sal Capaccio, Matt Bove, it's always game day in Buffalo. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to subscribe to the show, iTunes, Spotify, WGR, Odyssey, at Matt. Be safe on your way back, buddy. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate it. And if you're listening, sorry if the audio or if it was cutting in and out. I, I got to ah, drive well back good. this morning. I, I got to try and be on TV in Buffalo at 5 o'clock, so I had to leave super early. So shout out to Sal and Mike for uh, working with me here. And I think you're heading into the station, right? So we, we I'm going to do my hectic, extra point show. That's right. It should be some very, interesting phone call today. Very hectic Monday for sure. But uh, yeah. yeah, let's have a good week.